Hey, it's Michael, and this is the Kintsugi Podcast. I'll be back in a minute with this week's conversation about resilience. But first, if you wish to create a better life and have a better career, then please visit michaelobrienshift.com and download your free workbook on how to create a better life. In it, you'll discover ways to find more energy for the things and the people who matter most to you so you can create a better tomorrow. Hey there, it's Michael and welcome back or welcome to the Kintsugi Podcast. It's time for another conversation about resilience. Today, we're gonna talk about perspective. But first, I wanna share a story with you. You can file it under where you stand, depends on where you sit. In other words, if you change positions ever so slightly, you can stand with much more awareness, a new perspective, if you will. And with that new awareness, you can become more resilient. You can make change happen. So back in my corporate life, we would have events, national sales meetings, all employee meetings, town halls, you name it. You've sat through plenty, I'm sure. Most of them have been boring. Some, I hope, have been good. I sat through plenty that were boring and a few that were good. Well, when we had meetings, the higher ups, and I was in this category as a higher up as an exec, we would sit in the first two rows. So we would have visibility right there, front and center. Now the executive said, well, we want to make ourselves visible to the team, to the audience. But at the end of the day, I think we just freaked everyone out that happened to be presenting because they could see all of our expressions on our face, all of our body language, our energy, you name it. But nevertheless, that's what we did. We sat in the first two rows. Often we were presenting, so it made sense. We would walk up on stage, all that jazz. But I had one boss who was a little bit of a different bird, and I know that sounds judgy, but he would sit in the back of the house sometimes. He would mix it up. So picture this, 3,000 people, 5,000 people in a big general session in an auditorium or maybe 500 for a town hall meeting. And instead of sitting in the first two rows, like every other executive, he sat in the back two. And no one knew what the heck he was doing. It was so weird. And I know that sounds judgy, but it was at the time. It was so weird because no one at his level was doing something like that. And so we used a lot of colorful corporate language to describe how weird it was. You know, it was foreign to us. So instead of embracing it, we labeled it as wrong and weird or odd. And we poked fingers at him. So I decided to stop being judgmental and I pulled from my mindfulness practice, a little pause, breathe, reflect, if you will, and Walt Whitman. And I decided to be curious, not judgmental. And I asked him why. Now, to be fair, when I asked him the question why, it probably sounded a little judgy and less curious. But nevertheless, I wanted to find out why. Why did he do that? And his answer was beautiful. He said, I want to see the event. I want to experience the event as if I was part of the audience. I want to see it and hear it from multiple perspectives so I can have a full experience. So in essence, he was like, I want to sit somewhere else so I can stand tall and proud as I describe how it felt. Or you could stand with more awareness, if you will. If you're up in the front of the room, you only have a limited perspective. He wanted to sit in the back to feel the whole thing, to feel the whole meeting, to see if the Speakers were talking to the folks in the back of the room and not just the people in the front first two rows. Because often at these meetings, the executives say they're about the team, but really they make it about themselves. 
It was such a beautiful answer. And it was a good lesson for me to constantly look for ways where I could sit somewhere differently so I could shift my perspective and then find newfound awareness that could lead to change, could lead to us becoming more resilient. Now, today in the States, I'm recording this on Mother's Day. And it's interesting how we view moms as we get a little bit older, as we have more life experience. I recently read something. I want to share it with you. I think it was on Instagram or somewhere on the internet. And it was entitled, Things You Say When You Are, dot, dot, dot. And it's all things we say about our moms. So it starts this way. At three, we say, mommy, I love you. At 10, it's mom, whatevs, and obviously the requisite eye roll. At 16, it's mom is so annoying. Ugh. 18, I can't wait to leave this house. Mom, you're driving me crazy. 25, at 25, you know what, mom? You were right. At 30, it's I miss my mom. At 40, I need my mom. At 50, we might say, I don't want to lose my mom. And at 70, we might say, I wish my mom were here right now. Where we sit and therefore where we stand will shift over time as we gain experiences. Sometimes we just have to live in order to get wisdom. And when we stand somewhere different, we open ourselves up to more awareness. We have a new perspective. And with new perspectives, we can change society. And what we've lived through over the last 15 months or so has definitely, well, it's a perfect invite to sit somewhere differently and to stand somewhere differently, to open up our aperture, to gain more awareness on how we view moms. I'll stretch it out, how we view women in today's society. You know, it's often said that being a mom is a hard job. But you know what? That doesn't seem fitting to just label it as a job for something as complex as motherhood. You know, I think Brene Brown said it. She asked audiences to describe or name the emotions that they felt during the course of a day. And I think the common answer was just they only can name three emotions. But we all know we have over 200, I believe, different emotions. And when our emotional acumen and our vocabulary is limited, you know what? So is our perspective. When we only look at the mom and the job that it is, we lose the complexity of it. Because being a mom today can be far-reaching. You know, we have single moms, new moms, stay-at-home moms, professional moms, empty nester moms. We even have moms who are grieving, who are mentally and physically drained. They feel like they're doing a thousand jobs, but none of them well. Moms are doing it alone. Women who are hoping to become a mom. Women who wish they could become a mom, but can't for a variety of different reasons. Moms who adopt. Moms who are just trying to hold it together. You name it. It's so complex. Everyone has their own experience with motherhood. Even men, as we relate to our moms, as we might relate to our wives, if we're lucky enough to have children, if we have that privilege, if you will. So as we go through this lived experience known as a global pandemic, my hope is that we can shift our perspective on how we view our moms and try to make some changes that help moms everywhere. 
no matter what type of mom you happen to be. We can do things today, like we have more awareness to move faster on gender parity, to think about the division of labor at home, like the domestic division of labor. We can also create a new story about caregiving and societal expectations to help all of our moms and moms-to-be and women who are struggling to become moms or can't. We can do all that now. It's it's tough work, maybe. I don't think it's tough work, though. There's because a greater purpose. It's about helping us see each other, helping us hear each other, so we create a better tomorrow for all of us. So a message here is now belated because, again, you'll hear this after Mother's Day in the States and after Mother's Day in Australia. But in my humble opinion, we should be celebrating moms and we should be celebrating women each and every day. 365, 366 during a leap year. And so for all of our moms out there and all the women that wish to become moms or can't become moms, I just want to say that you know, sort of in the spirit of loving kindness, may you be healthy. May you be courageous. May you be resilient. May you be in harmony. You are seen. You are loved. Happy Mother's Day. Today and every other day of the year, happy Mother's Day. As always, Thanks for listening to the Kintsugi podcast. I hope you'll share it with your friends. I hope you'll comment and subscribe, of course. But most importantly, I hope you pause, breathe, reflect on how we can be better for all the moms out there, for all the women out there who are vital to creating a better tomorrow for all of us. And as always, I hope you have fun storming the castle. We'll talk to you next week with much love.